Money FM 89.3. Best of drive time. Money FM 89.3. Good evening. It is now time for Sports Minutes. I'm Elliot Danka together with Ziaul Raushan. And it was final day madness everywhere in Europe. Yeah, final day madness. Indeed, what a weekend, right? In terms of all that was up for stake. I think at this stage, most leagues were done and dusted by the Bundesliga, which we'll talk about in a while. But the Premier League delivered, especially when you consider how much relegation costs this day and age. Wow, you know, you look at the the battle that took place, the likes of Everton, Leicester City, uh, even Leeds United, all fighting uh, for survival in the Premier League. Southampton, we knew, was already going to go down. And historically, this is the first time we've had all promoted clubs. None of them are going down into the championship. Yeah, fair play to the likes of Nottingham. Fulham came up well and gave a good account of themselves. Nottingham were... Almost relegated for a few weeks, but I thought they pulled themselves through. Yeah. But to your point about the three clubs that were involved in that relegation dogfight, shall we call it, going to the final day, quite seismic, right? The size of the, size of the clubs, Everton, Leicester, Leeds. Leicester obviously famously winning the title a few years ago, won the FA Cup, and now they find themselves in the championship. Leeds United always historically have been a big club, yeah. shall we say. It was quite romantic when they came back to the league. Now they are back to the championship. And Everton, by the skin of their teeth, yet again surviving. It it provided good drama, especially the Everton game. Because at the end, there was 10 minutes of stoppage time. And I that know. 10 minutes would have seemed like 30 minutes for most uh, players on the pitch. We have a colleague here who works in a sister station who uh, only had two hours of sleep. Very happy. Glenn Ong, we're talking about uh, from KISS92. Very happy that his Everton survived. But let's talk a little bit about Leicester and Leeds United. These are two clubs clubs who have gone down as in got themselves relegated within 10 years of winning the league title right uh, Leeds that's going further back uh, Leicester of course most recently that fairy tale season under Claudio Ranieri um and you know what went wrong for these two clubs i mean you had Brandon Rogers who is so players didn't quite reinforce well enough and you've got Leeds United who really needed to fix their defence but instead went out and got these attacking American players. Yeah, it was a bit weird. Let's tackle the Leicester situation okay. first. Look, honestly, I feel considering what they've done in the past eight years, they won the league, fairy tale. They won the FA Cup and then to be relegated. If you offer that opportunity to a Leicester fan, look, in the next eight years, you're yeah. going to win the league, you're going to win the cup, then you're going to get relegated. I feel like most Leicester fans might have taken it, right? Because it okay. seems bizarre to happen. But nonetheless, relegation is a huge blow, especially when yeah. you consider the drop-off and now the the sales they have to make to manage costs yeah. as well. But I think Leicester only have themselves to blame because as much as Brendan Rodgers did well, he finished fifth twice with that club and then last season they finished eighth. So to go from eighth to now relegation, the drop-off is quite alarming. Something's wrong somewhere. Well, he got sacked, to be fair. Exactly. And I felt like he wasn't backed by the ownership. They okay. slightly got too excited when they had all that success and mm. then they probably cashed out on their success mm-hmm. rather than reinvest when they were strong and we've spoken about it on this podcast before losing someone like Casper Schmeichel mm. who's not just uh, a bona fide good goalkeeper at the Premier League level but he's also a leader in that dressing room right I feel like there were too many 
empty pockets that they failed to fill up and therefore they've paid the ultimate price of relegation. Yeah, I completely agree with you. I mean, and now whenever you have these relegation situations, the question that comes to mind is, uh, do you stay, do you try and keep that core group together so that you can bounce back in the Premier League ASAP? Because if you don't do it within two years, you're in trouble. You're you're likely to struggle and, and some of these quality, play, quality players will want to leave. James Madison is on everybody's radar right now. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Leicester will have to deal with a few exits, the likes of James Madison, Harvey Barnes, mm. Jamie Vardy potentially are all yeah. going to seek different challenges in their careers, right? But I take your point completely. If you don't do it in the two years when yeah. you still have that Premier League experience, then you're going to struggle because look at the championship now. Luton Town, humble Luton Town Ooh. have made it up from the uh, championship into the premiership. So my point being, any team can make it. It really becomes a real dogfight to get out of the championship into the Premier League. And then we talk about Leeds United, who I think only have themselves to blame, really. Absolutely. They, they fired Jesse March in a, in a very weird way. They yeah. backed him in the market. They yeah. brought along all the American players, like you said, to suit the compatriot in Jesse March. And then for some reason, two games in, they sack him. That's when they should have gone for Sam Allardyce mm. if they wanted a firefighting mission done. Instead, mm. they went down the Rudy Garcia route. Yep. Didn't work out. And then you bring in Sam Allardyce, give him four games to save a club. Come on. How much can be done in four games, yeah. right? It's almost like they set themselves up for failure. However, I feel Leeds United, all those years ago, we talk about them winning titles, right? When they went down, they got relegated previously. They were in such a dire situation in terms of finances. finances. In, in terms yeah. of the club being yeah. in absolute disarray. Now, I feel somehow they are better equipped to deal with this in okay. that sense. So potentially okay. for Leeds United fans and for the, the the romance that is involved with that club in terms of the Premier League, hopefully they can bounce back fairly quickly and they can take great heart from the likes of Burnley who dropped down a division, completely reinvented themselves and find themselves in the Premier League next season. Well, these guys are going to find it quite interesting in the Premier League next season, especially with Luton Town. This is a team of fighters, very physical team. But you talk about sackings, right? And it brings to mind the very unethical sacking of Julian Nigel over in Bayern Munich. They have Thomas Tuchel, which, where records are concerned, hasn't actually done a fantastic job. And the reason I bring this up is because it's like karma, you know. You would think that they were going to lose the Bundesliga title and then just the day before this final showdown, uh, Sami Hamzic as well as Oliver Kahn uh, getting sacked. Uh, Oliver Kahn was in tears, describing it on Twitter as the worst day of his life. It was so bad that he wasn't even allowed... <laughs> Uh, to go watch the match. And somehow, they pulled the rabbit out of their hat. I mean, just looking at the situation, it was a split-screen type of situation, <laughs> right? You've got the Bayern players winning the league at the very last minute, thanks to a player who has been non-existent for the second half of the season, Jamal Musiala, right? And some of them look like, hey, I don't deserve to be celebrating here. And then you've got complete, utter heartbreak in Dortmund. Yeah, it's it's a it's a weird one. To start with, you don't often think Bayern would be a club in disarray, but you talk about the sackings in the higher ups, it already seems like yeah. there's plenty of problems ruining at Bayern. But coming back to Saturday and how the action unfolded in the Bundesliga, look, Ooh. there are times when teams win the league. There are times when teams lose the league. Yes. This is very much Dortmund losing the league. Yes. That's all there is. Yes, we can talk about the heartbreak. We can talk about how it must have felt like an absolute sucker punch. But to have it in your own hands, going to that one, and then you leave the likes of Jude Bellingham, Marco Royce on the bench. If they're fit enough for the bench, they should be fit enough to push themselves for 90 minutes. Yep. And that was very weird for me. And then you find yourself 2-0 down and then chasing the game. I feel like Dortmund only have themselves to blame in Correct. this situation. Correct. Tuchel, for whatever magic he's done, 
I think there's there's more to it here because somehow the That's stars aligned for him. Exactly. I and mean, I, he he bought into Oliver Kahn's vision, and now these guys are gone. Uh, so so what's he buying into I, now? I feel like Bayern are in good hands under Thomas Tuchel, despite all the turmoil purely because I feel Tuchel is a very very good tactical sure, manager, and sure. once he has that full preseason under him, he can shape this team the way he likes. They're going to come back stronger mm. next year. But for Dortmund, this was the chance. It's so hard to go up. It's a bit like competing against Man City in the Premier League, yes. right? It's so hard to compete against them yep. that when you have the upper hand you have to cash in otherwise Bayern are going to do Bayern things and they won it for 11th time in a row and Dortmund for all the romance or all the fairy tales involved with the likes of uh, Marco Royce winning yeah. the title Sebastian Heller fighting cancer to come back and play professional football and then to try and win the title they only have themselves to blame I feel and it's unfortunate because I don't think they will have a better chance because Tuchel's only going to make this Bayern team stronger. There was a bunch of stupid decisions. Like, I mean, okay, you've got the Jude Bellingham situation. Why is he not playing? Real Madrid are sniffing around. Penalty given. Why did you give it to Sebastian Aller when for the majority of the season, Emery Chan has been taking the penalties? That's another screw-up. And now, I mean, I look at that. It, it really breaks my heart because Marco Royce is probably the most unlucky footballer in the world. Missing out on Germany's World Cup winning team through injury. And now when he almost, almost, almost got the Bundesliga title, miss out again. He's yeah, got nothing. Exactly. I mean, you make the reference to Sebastian Haller taking the penalty rather than Emre Chan. I guess hindsight is twenty twenty, right? If Halle had scored, then we'll be talking about a complete different sure. headlines. So you can't... You shouldn't even have conceded those goals. You've got the, the likes of Mats Hummels exactly. and Niklas Sule yeah. at the back. Yeah, you... you, you see, what the heck? You would think so. Exactly. This is the point. They had it in their own hands and for Marco Royce, it's almost like, you know, sometimes in life you fight all these battles yeah. day in, day yeah. out. Then you end up losing and then you start questioning, hey, am I even destined to win this? At this point, Marco Royce must be having those honest conversations to himself in terms of, am I always meant to be the bridesmaid, not the bride? You know what I mean? And this Dortmund team are going to now break up quite essentially. I feel like Jude Bellingham is going to move on to bigger and better things. Rafael Guerrero has left. Marco Royce, is he still going to remain at the club or is he possibly going to, you know, go into the sunset? There's there's plenty of question marks about this Dortmund team, but... For the sake of the Bundesliga, which has been a bit of a procession for Bayern Munich in the few years, for them to have that final day drama is something. And I guess that's the best they can take out of it. Mm, yeah, over in Spain, uh, Espanyol getting themselves relegated uh, is probably the only drama that we saw. But uh, just a very quick question. And, and I guess this question deserves a bit more in-depth analysis. But uh, as a baseline, right, which team do you think will most likely be the busiest this summer? Wow. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I, I've probably, got an answer. I want to hear yours first. This probably uh, deserves a podcast on, you know, on its own and we'll find time during the off-season to do it. But to answer your question very quickly, wow, off the top of my hand, I would think Spurs have the biggest job. Because at the moment, they don't even have a manager at the helm. They've got plenty of players who want out and there's a proper okay. restructuring job going on there. So for me, the Spurs job is the most busiest job of the summer for me. It's, it's a point of clarification. They, they have the hardest job. But will they be the busiest in the summer? Ooh, good question. They have the hard... Good question. I think I think they will be yeah. the busiest because I think it? there okay. needs to be a lot of repair. They don't have a spine. They're going to let go of their goalkeeper. They're going to let go of their best striker. They're going to let go of probably a centre-back or two. So I think there's a big, big job that needs to go on at Tottenham Hotspur. Yeah. You know which club I think is going to be the busiest this summer? Chelsea. <laughs> <laughs> because, you know, they've got, they've got Pochettino coming in. And it's a weird one, right? It's not so much about who they're going to sign, but who they're going to sell. Yeah, you, you can't manage that many 
many people, especially everyone comes back on loan, you're looking at almost 40 players. You can't manage that. You yeah, know? there's memes going around saying it needs to be a Royal Rumble style thing where 30 of them go into the ring and then the, the, the 17 that survive probably end up in the match day squad. But to your point, Pochettino has a very, very busy yeah. summer ahead. Yeah, you know what I think? If that Royal Rumble actually happened, the person that will come on thought they're two players who actually somehow by a miracle remain uh, Angolo Kante <laughs> and uh, uh, Silva will somehow probably. still be in the squad probably but that's the fun of the off-season right to see how these clubs then arrest the slump for especially the clubs in trouble so it's going to be an interesting one to listen to more great interviews download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app that's A-W-E-D-I-O available on Google Play or the App Store